Good afternoon, fans. Recording semi almost not quite nearly live from the Broncos Select dugout in downtown Union Grove. It's BS and with Scooter and McBee. The Broncos Select podcast for Broncos Select by Broncos Select. Hello, everybody. We're back with you on a cold Friday in January, January 17th, 2020, for all you check writers out there. Back with you for another episode of BS with Scooter McBee. And joining me now in the studio is my good friend and co-host, Scott Scooter Catterhagen. How are you doing, buddy? Not on. Now I'm on. Now you're on. I cool. cut you out a little bit. How are you doing? It's been a while, buddy. Wonderful. Good holidays. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It wasn't too bad. It was quick. We had a little hiatus here since our last show. Yeah, I put that on you. That's uh, bad editing, bad show, you know, director. Ouch. It's all you. Watch. Well, the, wah, wah, wah. Like I said, the way the way I look at it is everybody wants to binge watch these days, so now we can put two episodes out in a row, E4, Bad Day Demo, E5, Today's Show, and you can just sit in the snow and just, yeah, just binge listen all weekend. Just open the window, watch the fire, listen to a couple guys talk about baseball and softball. Well, look at it this way. How's our buddies over at uh, QTR, Questionable Return, how are they doing these days? I think they retired. Are they even on the air anymore? Are they even recording anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think to... Andy might have sold his equipment to someone for Christmas. I mean, that's how I look at it. If we're putting out shows faster than those guys are, the tables have definitely turned in the world of Union Grove podcasting. <laughs> so, anyway, so you a good holiday? Yeah, it was uh Good time spent with family and, you know, a couple good old fashions and some Christmas music. You can't beat that. Oh, yeah. I was gone this year. First time ever. First time ever in 45 years I was uh, out of town for Christmas. Pretty crazy. Broke your mother's heart. Man, I'm sure I'm sure she wasn't that upset that I was gone. She had her favorite sons there, so that was fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, the last uh, episode was the uh, Bat Demo Day, and... Uh, I'm sure uh, you guys will be listening to this episode right after that one, but it really, all joking aside, Bat Demo Day really, really turned out good for the organization, for the families and kids, I think. Yeah, it was great, you know, great. Keep saying, you know, so you got to edit all that out. That's all right. I make you sound good. I'm here for you, buddy. It's a great experience for the kids, and they uh, can come swing bats and figure out what they want, and, you know, it's kind of nice in their backyard they don't have to drive to milwaukee to find a 400 dollars bat you know well and not everything was 400 jeff does a good job and the guys from easton and louisville were down here and uh, i think i mean look at it let's face it these days the bottom line is bats aren't cheap but i think jeff does a good job on on making things affordable he does i think he sold like 40 bats that day yeah and my son got some catcher's gear and saved almost 200 bucks. So it, it's a good deal for the local families. It does seem like the events got a little bit better from year to year. Like they, they have a lot more non-bat equipment available this year than they have in the past. Yeah. Nice gloves, you know, stuff we can break in right away or stuff that's four or $500, but you're, sa- you're still saving a lot of money. Yeah, for sure. And it's local, like you said. You're not having to make a trip to Milwaukee or Chicago, or you know, ordering out of a catalog is one thing. It's easy; you can see it. But for a kid or a player, until you hit a bat, you just don't know. Until you get in the cage and get some reps on that thing, you just don't know what you're getting out of it. Yeah, I bought and sold bats on eBay after my son swung them 20 times and didn't like the bat. 
then it's on eBay, you know, go get another one. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. So uh, what else we got on the uh, lineup card for today, Scott? Got some hitting tips for the winter, how to knock the rust off and get your swing all ready for the spring, get your mind ready for the spring. Uh, we got some uh, activities going on in the dugout other than just hitting. We got a it's like a community room for the teams, and uh, we'll be taking advantage of that. Yeah, we've uh, we've been talking about this for months, getting this room going and using it for other activities and really making the best out of the dugout. Now we're finally starting to see that. So, you know, one thing I think one vision that you had always talked about for this organization is the beauty of it is the, the base product that we have is relatively cheap compared to other organizations. So you come in, your kid gets their team uniform, the coaching, the dugout, uh, Pete Morris Field. You're getting a lot for a, a really good price uh, with the, the base fees that we have set. But I know that you had talked a long time about having a vision of being able to offer the services that some of these organizations that have all these services built in but do it in an a la carte type way. Yeah, the program, we want to make it so it's however much you want to make it. Do you want to make it a hitters and do hitting lessons, pitching lessons, workouts five days a week, and then you got your practices and stuff? Or you can make it a glorified rec, you know, where it's you just do the minimum, come to practice and do what you want. But I think – on every team, there's both of those kind of sets of players right. and parents. So I think to offer, you know, any range of ideas and um, stuff they could do is kind of catering to each family. Yeah, we're definitely headed along those lines. You know, last year we started with a pitching coach, Alice Fitzpatrick. You were doing some hitting on the side. Um, and that's one of the other things that we're going to have on today's program is um, talking about some of the a la carte type teaching we have. Um, we'll talk, you brought in uh, pitching coach Justin Berg for a program. We have yoga instructor Chris McBride. And uh, later uh, on the show here, joining us in the studio, actually coming up in just a minute, is going to be Clista Rybar. She's a 2017 Union Grove alum, and she's going to be talking about her contributions to the program. So we're going to have all that and more. Um, in just a few minutes, today's program is brought to you by Athletico. Better for everybody, and our everybody, everybody, and that includes yours and mine. Actually, I need all the help I can get. We were actually both patients over. What there. happens to the human body after forty years old? That's well, what I want to know. If anybody's doing experiments on you to find out, that's not a good path to take. Not that I should talk, but <laughs> we're I'm all, right here. I have feelings. That's debate. That's a whole show in itself right there. We're also brought to you by our good friends over at uh, Performance PC, a company that you can count on. And I owe those guys a, a little extra for the last show. I think I messed up their name. But uh, we're actually recording the show on a, a laptop that I purchased over at Performance PC. So, Well, the good news is they can hear your apology the same day as they hear the mess up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just blame it on the computer I bought. from. There you go. Yep. Hey, don't forget to uh, email us at scooter and the word and. For some reason, Gmail doesn't like the amber sand, but our uh, email account is scooterandmcbee at gmail.com. Email us with anything you want to hear, talk about, uh, see on the program, 
and uh, we'll try to answer all those emails. And yes, there will be a Twitter feed, and there we will be up on uh, uh, various podcasting sites other than uh, where we're at Podbean and the Bronco Select website. So after this, uh, we're going to be back here with uh, Calista Rybar, Union Grove alum, in just a minute, back here on BSN with Scooter McBee. Hey, all you crazy loyal fans of Scooter and McBee, it's Scooter here. Just wanted to let everyone know we got a bowling fundraiser coming up for Bronco Select February 15th. Hope to see you all there, 4.30, 7 o'clock shifts. Sign up at broncoselect.com. Back with you on BSN with Scooter McBee in the bowels of winter, January 17th in Union Grove. Snowmageddon number two. When that snowstorm we were supposed to have last weekend, boy, that was a tough one, wasn't it? Boy, did you get I could hardly okay? get out of my driveway. Boy, the... Uh, All half inch of snow on it. These forecasters are so funny. When they don't get a snowstorm in December, early January, it's like they got to come back and put the fear of God in you. And now this one, they'll jack up. They'll be like, yeah. Well, they said we're only going to get three inches or so, and it's already snowing five hours before they said it was going to. So Maybe we'll get snowed into the studio, and we can just just roll tape for days. Binge record. 32 episodes from I think we were going to supposed to have 30 episodes in by now. We started in May and we're on number five. So, well, anyway, uh, we're going to get back to it here. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the, the changes in the dugout and how we want to start to utilize it more than just uh, what the, the coaches have to offer, which is a lot. Our coaches are, are great, but uh, there's certainly other opportunities to bring people in. And one of them is joining us in the studio now, Calista Rybar. Calista is a 2017 graduate of Union Grove and a four-year softball player over there, including playing on a couple of state teams. How are you doing, Calista? Good. How are you? Good. So uh, we've been uh, working with you a little bit here. You, you're back to the program. Can you can you tell us a little bit about you, your run over at Union Grove and what you did after high school? All right. So my run at Union Grove, I my freshman year, I was actually on the JV team. Um, I worked my butt off. In the off season, I got a personal trainer. I was there for one hour, two t- two times a week, and worked my butt off and tried to get my spotting sp- uh, starting spot on varsity. I ended up getting my starting spot my sophomore year, and um, had a good run. My junior was an unforgettable year, so we went to state. Um, and my senior year was an unforgettable year myself. Uh, that was the year Boylan left the high school, and uh, I just took the team underneath my belt. Now, now you're being a little bit humble. Can you? Yeah, I'd say. Can you tell us about a couple of the, the couple of the honors you had, including Wisconsin? Go ahead. I'll oh, let you finish man. it. What do you mean, like on Wisconsin? Give us the <laughs> uh, the honors that you had from the state. Um, well, I had um, most home runs in the state of Wisconsin, which was seventeen. In how many games? I couldn't tell you how 20, many games. Twenty-three. Yeah. yeah, I was averaging one home run per game yeah. uh, for a little bit. Let's see what else did I have. 
I had all Racine County Player of the Year. I had all all state catcher for the state of Wisconsin. And I think that is about roughly it for Wisconsin rewards. Now, I'm trying to think. You and I were talking the other day. Didn't you represent Wisconsin with some other girls? Or it was either a competition that you went to or? Yeah, so I did go to the All-Star game for my team along with, I think, a few other players. And then following that, um, me and I, th- I think I was the only girl from Union Grove that went up to play the Team Wisconsin Team Minnesota game. Oh, that's right. Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. So that was that was an honor. That was awesome. What's that like to be competing against other girls, especially that junior year you were at state, so you're competing at some, you know, against some of the best girls in the state, and then you get to turn around and come together with them to go compete against Minnesota. It was a. It was definitely an honor. It was the twelve, thirteen, fourteen girls that went up to the Dells for Wisconsin and all played. High level ball. I mean, we are all neck and neck. There was no one better than the other. We are all right there. So, just to be at that level and kind of, it was kind of like a glimpse into the future. Being like, this is going to be what college is like. Got me really hyped for college. Yeah, so. it's got to fire up. Now, when you were in high school, or you were playing travel ball, um, <laughs> what what colors did you wear when you were playing travel uh, ball? Well, I was on two travel ball teams. Which ones do you want to start with? <laughs> Was it was there red and black in either of them? Um, no. <laughs> well, one of my teams was red and black, but it, yeah, it was not Broncos select. So we're <laughs> we're picking on you a little bit here. The uh, you know, but part of the deal on that for everybody, the timing of that is the the girls' program, especially at that age, for you for probably figure you fourteen, you sixteen, things like that. The girls' program was really sort of Broncos select was in its infancy at that point and wasn't really up and going. So right. you you kind of had to get elsewhere and, and seek out some other stuff. Yeah, I did end up in, with a travel team in Illinois. Um, it was the out of Elgin, and we were just like one of the Wisconsin teams that we kind of took it up into Wisconsin, and our but our home field was in Elgin. So Sure. And then uh, afterwards uh, for college, uh, you went to a junior, a junior college your first year or two? Yeah, so I did end up going to a JUCO in near Cleveland, Ohio, so I ended up going there just due to not focusing in school. I mean, that was that was my tough, was not good in the books. So I ended up at a community college. How did you pick that one, or did they recruit you? Um, so I just went on a it was I so I had a class at Boylan, um, at the high school, and one day I was just kind of like, I'm sick of not having a commitment to school. I want to find a school. So we sat down and looked at the NJCAA conference and kind of just looked at the bordering states. Um, I always told myself I didn't want to stay in Wisconsin. I want to get that full college experience and go away. Um, So I ended up doing that, and none of the bordering states were really caught my eye at all. And then I went one more state over to Ohio, and I got in contact with the coach, and he was all for it. So I went on a visit and – it was awesome. I I liked the school. The softball program was, it was, it was good at the time. And then, um, this but the education there was phenomenal. I loved it. So then, after I did a year and a half there, I two softball seasons or yes, it was like a fall ball season, um, regular season, and then another fall ball season, and then the regular season of my sophomore year. I ended up 
moving schools and going down to Cincinnati Christian University just due to um, confrontation in the um, my school with the softball cr- program. We just didn't see eye to eye, so I I kind of wanted to get out and do better for myself. So I went there and ended up playing a season there, and that's what made me come home was uh, injury my last game. And I decided to come home and just start working, which is, I mean – you see girls that they go to high-end schools, and I got the same education, same um, softball. Uh, I mean, we treated it like a D1 school, so we did all the same stuff. It was just we didn't play the big Alabama games, or sure. we didn't play the big right. Wisconsin games. It was Michigan. Just, yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> yeah. That's real tied. Yeah. Pat Murphy, right? Yeah. That's where it's at. I'm a big fan of his too. Um, well, you touched on a couple of things that I want to talk about in a few minutes because I think um, part of you coming back to work with our girls um, and who knows, maybe boys in Bronco Select is you bring, uh, you and I have talked in the past, is you, is you definitely bring a message for these girls about appreciating where they're at and what it takes to get there. Um, I do want you to stick around if you got time because you, uh, no doubt, anybody that ever saw uh, Calista play, amazing hitter, but you should see this girl run. <laughs> now, you are about what? Uh, I, I got I, five, three, okay. five, five, five on paper. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the book, she was five, five, but um, you caught most of your time in high school. I know in college you played uh, on the corners a little bit too. Yep. Um, but man, if you could see her, how many bases do you remember? Did you steal your senior year? I don't quite remember how many I stole my senior year. To be honest, it was a you. bunch. It was a bunch. It yes. w- well, when you're hitting home runs, you don't have to steal bases. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but there was nothing slowing her down. That's I know as a third base coach, I'd, uh, you're one of those girls where I'm like, all right, well, it's on cruise control now. I'm just going to let it happen. But we're going to come back in a minute. I I think everybody's in for a real treat here. I want to actually. Uh, we picked on you enough about uh, what what you did, but I want to talk to you about hitting. I want to get the two of you guys going on on uh, being a hitter and and uh, everything that goes into it. So we'll uh, get back into that in just a minute on BSN with Scooter McBee. Hey, Bronco fans, McBee here reminding you that yoga is now available at the dugout. Bronco Select Yoga is on Tuesday nights from 5.30 to 6.30. Yoga is available to all Bronco Select players and their families. Sessions are $10 or $50 for the eight-week run. For more information, contact Christine McBride at gmail.com. Look on the Bronco Select Facebook page or look on the website broncoselect.com. All right, back with you, BS and Scooter McBee, Snowmageddon 2020 number two. That We'll see. This one looks a little better than the first one, but uh, doesn't look too scary. I was, we we're going to have to get Calista out of here, but we asked her to stick around because we just want to get into a little hitting. We're always talking about hitting here, and uh, we actually want to get into it. But, uh, you know, Calista, just kind of get it going in general, kick it off. When you, as a hitter, when you were headed up to the plate, what was your approach? What was your mindset? Well, it's definitely the same approach every time. So, I mean, no matter what I was doing, I was always stepping in the box the same, swinging my bat the same before that pitcher pitched. Um, and just I wasn't thinking anything. Boylan always told me that he could see right through my ears. So, uh, yeah, definitely just thinking. I was always a first pitch hitter. Um, 
I was always looking for that first pitch. Just uh, I was a leadoff for a while. Actually, I think throughout my whole high school career, I was a leadoff. And then in college, I moved down the line into cleanup hitter. Um, but so in the high school, it definitely was first pitch hit um, just to get the ball rolling going on the on the field. Sure. Well, I think, you know, and I've said this to you a thousand times, what is a pitcher, what is a, what pitch do you want to get? You want to get ahead in the count. That's the first thing a pitching coach is going to tell a pitcher. You need to get ahead in the count so you can work the corners, you can work their weakness, and don't let them. That's, <laughs> that's my philosophy, too. Um, the guy that coached the high school before me made every player in the whole organization take the first strike. If it was the third pitch, the fifth pitch, the first pitch. No matter what. No matter what. They had to, you know, they could go to 2-0, and all, but they had to take a strike, and it, it was ridiculous. I hate that, yeah. yeah. And when I came in, I said, I encourage you to swing at the first pitch. If it's not a strike, it's going to be close. I mean, what past Little League and – you Absolutely. Know, once yeah. these girls know what they're doing, they're going to throw you a strike. Yeah, there's. you're right. There's no pitch caller or pitcher that's going up there thinking, I'm going to waste one, see if I can get them to chase yeah. on the first pitch. Unless you're hit 17 home runs in your leadoff, I'm walking her if the three <laughs> girls behind her don't hit, right? Sure. You know, so she might have seen a few. Yeah, uh, I, I uh, definitely saw um, after people kind of caught on of what I was trying to what my approach was people were definitely throwing me a lot of junk and trying to walk me and I had this uh one pitcher actually fool me and try to walk me but she actually was trying to throw a strike and wasn't going past me and I always just had the the mentality of just nothing was getting past me I don't care if you throw 75 miles an hour and you're Jenny Finch like nothing's getting past me I will shorten up my swing and I will hit a ground ball to even try to beat it out. So one thing that, that Scott is always, uh, Scott taught uh, my daughter, uh, full disclosure, Clist is actually working with, uh, with my daughter Allie now and uh, working with other kids. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when Scott was first working with my daughter, I think as time went on, I realized that he was teaching her as much about confidence in general, but certainly at the plate as he was about the mechanics of the swing. Uh, can you guys both and this this question goes out to either of you how how do you think that the confidence in whether it's your approach or your mechanics or your swing or what you're doing for that given day how much does that really play into being successful at the plate that's that's for either of you guys well i think when you talk you know between the years and you're confident going into the box i have hitters that i taught that are cage heroes right you I'm sure you see that now. They get you get them in a cage, and there's not many holes in their swing. But I guarantee you, when they get on the field, it's going to be a whole different story because they they're nervous. That you know, maybe dad's hard on them, mom's hard on them, right? And right. and they just can't take that pressure. Well, when you or you get a kid, and I I have three kids, so all three of my kids are different hitters, and I can see differences in them, you know, like one's going to be eh, not a good practice player. Katie Hansen, calling her out now. She was the worst practice player ever, ever that I ever had. And 
she was the best gamer I ever had. Like, if it was bottom of the seventh, two outs, sectional final, she hits a double to win the game. It's just, I think between the years, you know, is more than half the that, battle. And that's that's where you and I are different because, I mean, just from how I go about everything, whether it's this show or how I go about coaching yeah. my team, I'm I'm the the analytics, I'm the numbers guy, I'm the reps getting it all right, get it in place. And I've had a lot of discussions with this about it, you and I for sure, but even a couple other coaches on our team. Um, in fact, we're going to do an episode on that versus gut versus the numbers game and, and you know, how they how it all plays, especially in, in a game situation. How well, about you, Chris? Just what I heard from her, though, is she prepared in the off season, worked her butt off, like you said, yeah. you don't have to worry about your swing. You don't worry about your mechanics when you get in the box, right? Absolutely. Well, I got to the point where, yeah, I didn't I didn't really have the space at home to critique my swing as much as I wanted to. I could um, go in the garage and pull up my bonnet and take a few off the tee, but that wasn't, that wasn't me. I, my off-season was working out, getting my body right and getting um, physically ready for that next season um and then when it came to season that's when I started working on my swing and taking dry swings and just everything I could at practice um but I I will have to say when I was in the high school I didn't take practice seriously and I wish I could go back and I could I could do it over again because if I would have gave my 110 percent every practice I could be a lot farther of where I was in high school than I was. And I even, I mean, I did break records and I did, I did set a big name for myself and I do have, my sisters do have big shoes to fill for me and I kind of feel sorry for them. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I did take um, practice as serious as I did the games, I, I don't know what kind of player I would have been. So can you talk about, uh, so two quick questions. One, you are one of the most confident people and, and I want to be a people. A lot of times people misconstrue confidence and I think, Oh, they're, they're cocky or I, I don't see that with you. You're, you're very confident. Um, was that bred from your success? So you, I mean, you, you, indicated that you kind of started on JV and you weren't doing a ton. Was that confidence bred from success or would you attribute your success to just having confidence going in? Um, I would say I would have, I would say a little bit of both. I would, I saw results my sophomore year and I wanted more. I was hungry. So I worked my butt off in the off season and my confidence was from my training. I saw my training was paying off. So that's where my confidence build. Um, I would go into my junior year and we went to state. So that was another confidence booster. Like we were, we were a damn good team. <laughs> and, right. Um, so and you could play with anybody. Yeah. You know, like you said, Absolutely. there wasn't a girl in the state that was going to throw a ball by you. Yeah. I, it was just, my confidence is definitely like my off season routine. Sure. That's where I saw my confidence boost. Um, because between my junior and Senior year, I was hitting the gym, and I was getting my getting my strength up, and that's where my flyouts in the center field were turning to home runs over the fence. So what did I do after my senior year? 
I hit the gym again before my college season. And my college season, I ended up breaking two records there with the most hits and the best batting average since 1999. So that's what really boosted my confidence. I was, I could personally say that I am a very humble player, um, but I'm hungry to win. That's where my confidence just came from. So just willing to do whatever, whatever it takes to take that. Yep. Well, that's, yeah, that's, uh, would you say, you know, a lot of the kids in the program and, and some parents, um, you know, obviously there are people that have aspirations of playing the sport beyond, beyond high school. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you were an amazing state player, high accolades in the state. You clearly were working very hard. Was college a little bit of a culture shock that when you get there everybody's at that level all of a sudden or is that something that you sort of expected going in um I would say the first college I was at um everybody I felt like it was I was on another high school team um to be completely honest with you and then when I got to Cincinnati Christian University um not a JUCO and it was an actual university that's where I kind of had my reality check and I was like, holy cow, um, I'm finally on a college team and I'm finally getting a difficult pitching and I'm finally, I mean, I'm at that level now and I was finally able to see that. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely when I got to a university is when I really saw it. Sure. <clears throat> so Scott, given, you know, what what we hear about uh Calissa's process to to prepare and, and get ready so that she could just flip the switch how would you say that translate with our with our current sort of discussion we've been having over several shows now where we're trying to have that correct level of preparation and work towards being successful but, but we're also trying to get these kids to be healthy not overdoing it not overthrowing any thoughts on that as far as or Calista jump in here too on on what the the right mix is for that from that standpoint. Well, I I like hearing what she said. She's working on her body, not you know wearing her rotator cuff down, you know, throwing twelve months a year. She was building it up for the rigorous six months, five months that she's going to beat it up, you know, and that to be a high level athlete you need to do that right you know and we talk about we'll talk later about yoga and you know core strength and all this lifting weight lifting and all this stuff and i think that's more important in the months you know when it's snowing and cold than throwing a softball or a baseball right well you know obviously you know, I always say it takes so many thousand swings to fix a swing, but you can do that in a month or sure. two months. So yeah. March and April are the time you can get your swing down. And I, I think we've seen a transition even within the organization in the last two years back to that mindset that when we first opened the dugout, it was like October 31st. It was like guys were in here with their with their teams and gals with their teams just whacking away and, and going all of you know part of October, all of November, all of December. This year, I, we didn't see – there were some people in here hitting for sure and doing individual work, but we didn't see a, a, a real push for all the teams to get going until really now. Now into January, everybody's kind of getting on a regular schedule. So you don't 
necessarily need to be swinging 12 months a year. Give the kids a break. Have them play another sport. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's very important. Well, Calista, one more thing I kind of want to ask you about before we get to what you're doing um, with the kids in the organization is talk a little bit about um, perspective and that, um, you know, I think the competition level, whether it's amongst teams, um, being on a travel team, getting a high school to a state, or even within the teams for girls competing for positions and everyone's so, all right, who's going to be on varsity? Who's going to be on JV? that these girls and, and, and young men for these teams are getting so gung-ho that maybe they don't take a minute out just to look back and enjoy what they're doing. You and I talked about that um, a couple weeks ago about uh, sometimes it's hard when you're in, you know, you're in the war going through it to really take a step out and, and really enjoy enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, I would say when I was playing, it was definitely hard to see outside the box. Um, when I... Going through my high school um, career, I never thought my coach always told me, hey, it's going to go by fast. Hey, it's going to go by fast. And I'm like, these days are going by slow. These practices suck kind of thing. Like, um, But I look back and I'm like, holy cow, I miss it. If I could go back to high school and do one thing, it was to be on that field. Um, I drive past the field and I'm like, I miss it so much. Right. And, it's it's hard to put in perspective and hard to grasp when you're on the field and you're playing. It it really is. Um, but I go to college and I still continue to play and getting a as what I thought I was going to get a degree. And then my last game, I ended up getting hurt and I I was like, okay, I'll recover. I'll come back next season. And I I never thought it was going to be my last game and it was not what my last game I wanted it to be. Um, uh, I actually got hurt in practice. So I had a bad game. The coach pulled me out of a game, and that was my last game. And to look back, and I'm like, wow, if I would have put my all in every single time I played, like like I said earlier, where would I be? And um, I got hurt in a practice and went to the trainer, and she's like, yeah, something's not right. So I went to the doctor, ended up having surgery, and then that's where I made the decision to stay back home and just help help around the community a little bit with, I mean, you guys. You guys offered me a awesome to take on private lessons. And I, that I, helps, scra- you know, yeah. scratch that itch, you know. It does. It really does. I just That's what I found. When you love a sport, like I love baseball. Yep. And coaching helps – just to keep that competitive fire in you going. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes too much, you know, from the kids' view. <laughs> well, no. so that's where we want to transition to you now is, 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 is I think as people listen to this, that they, they may be left feeling a little bit bad for you that it ended that way. But I think, um, at least as I've got to know you a little bit, you're sort of taking that experience. I mean, you talk with about this subject. You sound like you're – you've been out of the game 15 years and, right. and it's, it was 2017 when you graduated. So, um, but talk a bit, a little bit now, um, about, uh, how you're able to take some of that stuff and, and what you're looking to bring, um, to some of the kids that you're working with. Yeah. So I am, um, so I actually have two little sisters that are in the program. So being able to see them 
Um, what I went through has definitely helped me a lot with, um, uh, like, I don't know, getting my fire back, I guess. Because after my in injury, it was kind of spark died a little bit. And I was like, this sucks because I'm, I'm not playing no more. And then I got an offer from you guys. Hey, do you want to do private lessons? And it brought that spark back. Um, so, but with lessons, I just, I, I want to help out. I want to get girls to where I was. I want to see girls successful. I want to, I want to do anything to help, help the little ones, especially, um, get to the high school, like, sure. play on the high school level, uh, share my stories, share my memories, help them realize that it does go by fast. And I want to, I just want to share my experience with everybody. Sure. And I, I think that's huge. I mean, one thing that, that I've sort of seen with all these outside coaches, whether it's Alice Fitzpatrick or Matt Berg or Mason Phils or, or yourself or anybody that's come into the organization that has done it is number one, the message to these youngsters resonates so much better from you guys than it does at times. Um, uh, from coaches and it's again we got great coaches in this organization i'm very very proud to be associated with it from a coaching standpoint but you know sometimes the message is just different um when it's coming from somebody that's a little closer to them in age it's someone that's been there that's done it very recently and uh, i really think that i mean I can tell a kid something and you can tell them the exact same things. And I think eight times out of 10, it's going to resonate. So to the parents that are out there, it's, it really is an opportunity um, to get your, get your youngster with um, someone that's a little bit different than what they're getting at their normal coaching. Um, how about, you know, obviously you're doing the teaching, any aspirations to get into the, the coaching side and throw the whistle on and call some plays and pitches and, <laughs> Um, well, I actually have been helping the 10U uh, team a lot uh, for the Broncos. After doing that a few times, I'm like, yeah, I could do this. I, I, I could really be a coach. And my coach has always told me and looked at me and was like, I could see you being a coach one day. And I'm just like, yeah, like whatever. And now I'm like, <laughs> now look at me, like I'm actually doing it. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Um, well, I, you see that most good coaches are catchers. Yeah. I mean, from the major leagues down, it's, sure. they understand the game. They understand pitching. They understand, you know, they see the whole field. They always have growing up. And it's a different vantage point when you're behind the plate. You know that, right, B? Oh, yeah. You were a big catcher <laughs> yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Or not. I just can't get through an episode without you coming after me, can you? No. So no, easy. you're right. No, I had a huge opportunity of being a utility player, too. So I saw every side of the field. I was um, catcher in high school and catcher for my travel ball um, for, I would say, like seven years. And then when I got to college, um, well, actually, my high school, they threw me out in the outfield a few times. Um, and then when I got to college, it was uh, more of corners, third base, first base, which I was kind of shocked because I'm not tall. So right. I was kind of shocked when I got thrown on first base. But. Yeah, I saw every side. I was actually playing second and also a little bit of shortstop, so I have played everywhere, and I do have that versatile of just going basically wherever and being able to see the ball come off the bat at every single angle, at every, pos every single position. It's hard. It's hard to adjust. But, yeah, I, it's awesome. 
So uh, just to the for the kids' standpoint, you do you have room to take on a few more players at this point, or where where are you at with uh, the teaching that you're doing? You got more more room, more time. How how is it going so far? Yeah, I have. Um, so I am doing the practices with the ten U girls, but um, I'm always loving to take on some lessons if I could get um availability in the dugout i would i will take on more lessons and that's kind of been the hard part but we're we're trying to work out some things with the back room here to kind of free up some space and um obviously there's time on weekends how do people get a hold of you if they want to maybe talk to you a little bit about uh signing up for some individual lessons um they can call or text me um i have a flyer out i think it is on the bronco select facebook page um that Someone, I, I don't remember who put it out, but my flyer is out there somewhere. Do you, um, are you comfortable throwing your phone number or do you yeah, want to throw your, your email address, whatever you're comfortable absolutely, with? Absolutely, I can throw my phone number out. So my phone number is 262-902-8907. Um, yeah, call or text any time of day. Uh, and I'm I'm always, always, always up for our more kids. And, oh, cool. And you did, a, you did a camp here or a day camp not too long ago. How'd that go? It was really good. I was a good turnout. Uh, a lot of younger girls, which is awesome. Um, a lot of 12U girls, and I had one 14U girl, which was awesome because I got to take her and do a individual lesson for an hour. So, um, yeah, I just I, I would love to take on more girls to share my stories and just tell them my experience. Well, we uh, definitely appreciate you coming by and uh, sh- shoot that phone number out one more time for us. 262-902-8907. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're going to take uh, one more. Scott, you got something else? Or Just no? wanted to thank her for coming. And well, I was going to ask you, for having me. Are, do you have time to stick around for one more short segment? Absolutely. Okay, so I don't know if you guys saw, but this whole thing going on in MLB right now with the Stein stealing, and uh, just want to get your perspective on that a little bit. Scott, I'm really interested to hear what you got to say about this. We'll talk about that in a minute. Back about in- as good as, like, talking politics i am so <laughs> regretting putting this segment up uh, maybe we should just cut it from the show well we'll give it a try back in a minute on bsm with scooter mcbee all right looks like the snow lit up a little bit so we can keep going here we i was ready to pack up shop let's uh the light just came on over Calista. Yeah. I mean, must be a sign. <laughs> must be feet of ice on the power lines out there. I love a good <laughs> snowstorm. Remember the days when you get a whiteout in town? and I miss those days. I know. It seems like they're gone now. I can't remember a, the last time there was a good blizzard out there. I can. pajamas inside out and wait for a snow day for school. <laughs> Put the crayon in the freezer. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, getting up at four in the morning, listening to Gordon Hinckley on the radio. <laughs> oh boy, good stuff. Anyway, Callista's going. What is he talking he just about? <laughs> right overhead. Well, anyway, I, I just want to touch. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of reports um, just out in the last couple of days about uh, this huge issue going on in uh, Major League Baseball, focusing on the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. Um, and I just want to get your guys' perspective. I wasn't a hitter. So real quick for people who don't know, the, it's been reported that the 2017 Houston Astros, uh, who won the World Series that year, um, were had a camera in the outfield and were stealing signs 
um, looking in. And then uh, actually in the World Series, there's some video with uh, boosted audio tape where you can hear somebody in the dugout banging on a dumpster to sort of indicate to the hitters what pitch was coming in. And then as of last night, there was a report that uh, Jose uh, Altuve, the second baseman from the Astros, who I don't – did he win the MVP in 2017, that year they 2018. won? 2018. Okay, the following year. Well, there's reports now that he – um, had a device under his jersey, and they were signaling him that way. Actually saw some video today. He hit a walk-off home run. I want to say they said that was against the Yankees in the playoffs, but it was a walk-off home run. He's grasping his jersey as he comes down the third baseline, yelling at his teammates not to rip his jersey off when he gets home to home plate. And Ken Ro- Rosenthal from Fox Sports, who had done a lot of reporting on this, he must have been cued in because he asked him in the interview why he didn't want his jersey uh, torn off, and he made some comment on how it, it had happened before. His wife didn't like it. He was a modest guy, and he was uncomfortable. But you can see him in the video grasping his jersey. So I think there's some credence. A lot will come out yet. I don't think this is only the Houston Astros. Um, there is a lot of fallout Um the general manager and the field manager, A.J. Hinch, were suspended for a year, and I think subsequently they were fired. Um, Alex Cora, who was on the coaching staff for the Astros, now uh, Boston, who I think the next year they won the World Series, he's been fired. So you have two World Series winning managers that have been fired over this, and now Carlos Beltran, who was a player on the Astros at the time, has been implicated in this whole thing as well. He just signed a new deal as a manager for the New York Mets. He's zero and zero, and the guy gets. I think they had a mutual he's agreement. Gone. Yeah, yeah, he's stepping down. So there's definitely some fallout. You know, there's no doubt that it's part of the gamesmanship. There's been sign stealing going on forever in baseball. I think. But can you guys both, uh, Scott? First of all, I'm just I'm going to let you rant on what you think about this a little bit from the from the cheating standpoint. I think. First of all, oh boy, my favorite player of all time is Pete Rose. They're not going to take the World Series title away from these guys. They they took baseball away from Pete Rose, and he bet on his own team. These guys changed the course of history with the actions they did. They should be banned from baseball if they are convicted. You're saying, you're of saying this. lifetime ban? Lifetime ban. Because they, that's no different than the, the Black Sox years ago that right. threw a World Series. That's no different. And they should be banned from baseball sitting right next to Pete Rose. Actually, I think Pete Rose should be. I mean, I'm a fan, so he should be. But that's. He commented. He had a comment. He's like, really? He goes, yeah, he bet on his own team. He didn't, you know, change the course of history with his actions. Well, and it, the. the kind of the part that bothers me about this is that the managers are taking the fallout and they should i mean managers know what's going on you look at the guys back in football spygate greg williams and sean you know if you know what's going on you you are ultimately responsible but the bottom line is you're right the players are they're not getting anything out of this and i think it's because of the players union i just don't think the commissioner of baseball wants to take on the players union it's easy terrible there's no managers union Right, no. it's easy to go after a couple managers, and well, and who's putting the butts in the seats? Right, it's not AJ Hinch, it's Altuve and Correa and all them guys. MLB's making a mint off these guys. Yeah, but 
uh, they're going to get theirs. I mean, the, whether it's formally through, well, through the process. Well, they might get 30 games suspension, 45. Yeah, but Big wh- deal. So this year's gone. They still I, have a diamond ring and a bonus that they got from the World Series. That, that's true, but think about Ryan Braun walking into any opposing stadium now. I mean, these guys are going to they're going to hear it like nobody's business. Yeah, but Ryan Braun's going to go home at night a millionaire and he's still playing. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. But I, I, I'm fine with that. No, I, I, I definitely think that something needs to be done. It's just a, it's rampant. So let me ask, ask both of you guys this, now kind of shifting gears to the hitting standpoint. So, Clist, I'll bump over you as a hitter, as a very good hitter, and kind of based on what you were saying earlier about your process at the plate, I kind of know the answer here, but would knowing what's coming uh, for you make a difference? Is that something that you could see really helping you as a hitter? Um, The only thing that I could think about that – could help me is only the change up in the rise ball otherwise i mean everything else i i just kind of get into the pitcher's head a little bit while i'm in the dugout and kind of see what she's throwing when she's throwing it so i don't know i feel like for me the only thing i could see that it would be advantage would just that change up sure off speed versus Absolutely. versus fastball. How about you, Scott? Yeah. Baseball side, any different? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, I guess. How about location? No, no. If I'm if I'm sitting on a heater, I'm sitting on ninety six, and your timing's there, and it. You know, you see these guys, even in the home run derby and stuff, they take a low outside pitch and pull it over the left field fence. Right. You know, they're just stronger and all get out. So right, so definitely, definitely some advantage there. Well, it's going to be. It's too bad too because all these guys on the Astros. Me personally, like, okay, I love the game of baseball. They move the game of baseball forward so much. They were likable guys, yeah. you know. Like you say, you know, humble guys worked hard, you know, and. Who came up to him and said, hey, you know, we could do this. We could do this and win the World Series. Let's cheat. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's it feels like baseball sort of finally just recovered from the PED thing. And right. it was back on the, it's like popular. And, I mean, certainly softball is the same. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens from this. So I can't wait to see what when it comes out, like who started, like, let's cheat. Yeah. <laughs> like, who started it? Yeah, somebody somebody actively made a decision. It's yeah. like, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you put something inside your shirt? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, bang on a dumpster. Well, yeah, and maybe, <laughs> maybe Carlos Correa says, you know, I'm not going to cheat, but I can't unhear someone banging on a dumpster. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's cheating. <laughs> I, got, I got no time for that. I got none. I got none. Well... Anyway, it'll be uh, real interesting to see. Uh, Cheaters don't win and winners don't cheat. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Well, Callista, we can't thank you uh, enough for coming in and sharing your perspective. And uh, we're definitely very happy that you're back part of the Union Grove family. Thank we you finally got the me. correct. Uh, did you Have you got some gear yet? Um, I have gear ordered for coaching. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> yeah, we got to get you back in the right colors. You, you spent uh, a lot of years in the Bronco red and black, so, you know, you got stained there for a couple of years with them other uniforms, but we'll, 
we'll get you back in the mix. Absolutely. Thank well, you for having me. Yeah, thanks yep. for coming again. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute to wrap up shop here on BS and with Scooter and McBee. With you to wrap up on BS and with Scooter and McBee. I don't think we're going to be able to get out of here. There's too much snow on the ground. I know. I think we're going to be sleeping in the Call Bob's tonight. Mobile. Yeah. Oh, no. Yell out the door to Bob's Mobile. <laughs> we're right next door. Just throw the J hook in the window. That's a <laughs> yeah. towing joke. Yeah. Well, only us towing folks know that. I've never, never towed anything in my life. Not a camper. I guess. Not even a line. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, uh, just one thing I want, wanted to mention, uh, we had uh, Calista, and she's one of the uh, many uh, people that are starting to teach. Calista, Alice Fitzpatrick, Mason Phils. Um, Scott, you did. Uh, we're able to get uh, a professional baseball player in here uh, to, to teach our kids a little camp here not too long ago. Yeah, Justin Berg came in, and we just came upon him by chance. He stopped in and wanted to help our community out. He just moved into the area, so... He uh, pitched for the Cubs for a while, and actually just listening to the guy, he's so personable, down-to-earth, and he's got a good story. I mean, it's kind of like Callista's, but it's a lot longer. He went to Italy or overseas and played, and it's a tough road to get to the major leagues, and he did it, and you can just talk to him about pitching and – he, you can tell he's going to be a good asset for our program. So um, you can go on to justinbergbaseball.com and uh, schedule uh, pitching lessons with him. He is, he, we had a camp over Christmas. He had 11 kids come to the camp, and uh, he's, he'll be in the dugout as well teaching some pitching. Maybe we can get him in. Yeah, I'd love to. He's It'll be more than an hour. I oh, bet. yeah. I He's bet. a good guy, good talker. Bet there's a few shows there. Well, we've also got uh, Chris McBride. Uh, yeah, she is my sister-in-law, but uh, she's a longtime uh, yoga instructor here in the community, and she's starting to uh, work with uh, some of the kids on yoga, and we, we kind of s- – we're going to maybe talk about that a little bit. We're working big on core strength and, and body strength right now, and uh, uh, maybe we'll we'll slate that for the next episode. Maybe we can get Chris in to talk about that, but we definitely want to talk about uh, what yoga can do for, for these kids as players. Yeah, it's just another bullet in the gun to help these kids get to where they need to be. And she is catering her programs towards softball and baseball. There are certain poses and stuff that you do to help your core strength and your hips and stuff. So it's pretty cool stuff. Well, all of that will be coming up uh, in the next episode. We uh, we reached out to the uh, high school coaches, uh, Tom O'Dell and Nathan Meyer at the high school. We want to have them in and uh, talk about uh, their seasons and what contributions uh, Bronco Select um, has made to their programs over the years. So that will be coming up in a couple weeks. And then uh, we're getting back out on the road. Uh, February 15th, I believe, is the bowling fundraiser. For the U12 boys, U14 girls, and uh, we are we going to go live? We should. At the bowling alley? Yeah. I think we're going to try to go live that night. Um, we've been having a lot of fun with those live shows out on the road, so we're going to try to do that. So just a reminder for all the parents out there that February 15th is the bowling fundraiser, and uh, you want to get in touch 
um, with Kara Storbeck is, I think, filling out the lanes on that, and uh, she can get you hooked up with that. That uh, benefits the U14 girls and the U12 boys. Um, also, what else we got coming up? May 16th, don't forget, uh, is the Pig Roast, which is a key, key fundraiser for the organization, and we want to make sure that everybody's involved with that. I know the Pig Roast Committee is starting to meet, and uh, they'll be reaching out to all the parents uh, to get them on the schedule. Good or anything else from you, buddy? No, it's good to be back in the studio and look forward to do it a little more frequently while the snow's flying. Yeah, we'll get after it. We'll get these things edited out and get them on the podcast. But once again, if you got anything you want to hear us talk about, reach out to us at scooterandmcbee at gmail.com and look for us on Podbean and broncoselect.com. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. This is Brian McBee McBride along with Scott Scooter Ketterhaken for BSN with Scooter McBee. So long.